Oi oi, and welcome back to Squad Depth with me, Theo Lloyd Hughes. Got another special interview profile with an American playing her football in Liga Emeki's Femenil, the brilliant and exciting Juana Plata, the Houstonian who recently signed for Rayadas in Monterrey. She is an El Salvadorian international currently preparing or maybe not preparing, you got to listen to the interview to find out, for the upcoming 2024 Women's Gold Cup, the first Gold Cup in 20 years. This is going to be the first of many features, stories, and interviews that I really want to put a spotlight on this tournament, a really, really exciting time for North American, South American football. So, yeah, get to know Juana. She's brilliant, she is wise beyond her years really smart and developing a new position which was a cool thing i learned on the call despite watching her play the last year or so so enjoy it check out the Substack as always tell your friends follow get the word out there let's get deep together keep it squad depth let me know what you think good bad you know i can take i can take the heat if you think it's rubbish always nice to hear nice things too enough of that enjoy the episode thanks for listening and i'll see you soon Let's maybe break the ice with a couple. Can I ask you just a couple of like random questions? Okay. Just so we just so we can get to know each other a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Juana, you wear the number 16? Yes. At the moment for Rayadas? At the moment, <laughs> yes. At the moment. Okay. Why do you wear the number 16? Okay. It was honestly between six and sixteen, and I know sixteen wasn't used for a while, so I was just like, give me, give me sixteen. Something different. So you kind of wanted to yeah. like a fresh fresh start, put your own identity on the Yeah, number? exactly. Plus my preferred numbers were taken. So what, what were your preferred numbers? Um, Either 12, which is like my college all-time number or two, which is my national team number. But 16 would do. <laughs> How did you um land on 12 being like a number you like? Um, So I started playing soccer when I was 12. And so I remember, like, at that age, trying to figure out, like, what number do I want? I was like, why not 12? So, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. And obviously, too, because you're a defender, I assume, for for El Salvador and and in general. Yeah, yeah. I guess that does have, like, a part in it. But um, for two, I don't know. I actually don't know how that one came about, but yeah. They're just my preferred numbers. Well, actually, just to go back on that. Yeah, national yeah. team. I ended up doing two because I don't think 12 was available. So I did two because it just still had part of that number in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. It's just just my preferred preferred number. I love it. I think there's always a story. There's always a story with numbers. So mm. it's a good good place to, to, to crack on. Second right. thing I want to know, Juana. Where is the best place, in your opinion, to mm-hmm. float the river or a river in Texas? Oh, okay. I only really know of one, which like ran through Texas State's campus, oh, yeah. which was Sewell, Sewell Park. I'd always yeah. just get started there and then just float down to where like the little, um, 
what's it called? It's like the little currents that kind of yes, go down. Yes, like it's almost like a, a white water fall. Yes, exactly. So we'll just hop off there and like probably Chill just walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the Blanco, right? The Blanco. Um, Is it Blanco River? I honestly don't know. I don't. I'm not too familiar. I my grandfather my grandfather in law so my wife's grandfather lives in san marcos oh so i floated that river many a time and been on those falls and sat on the bank and it's uh, yeah yeah it's amazing i love the the way it goes right through campus goes right through the town Mm -hmm. exactly and so i'm guessing you met your wife in austin i did i did exactly you're getting you're learning more about me but i'm also trying to learn (laughs) more about you Okay, um, okay. But San Marcos is cool. It's a it's a great little town and the water mm-hmm. there is is like isn't it's amazing. It's so so fresh. Yeah. Um okay, final question. Mm-hmm. Where is the best place to get coffee in Monterrey? Oh. I've actually had quite a few places so far. Um mm-hmm. right now it's probably Cafe Cacao, which is like a five minute walk for me, which is like dangerous but like i love it um like amazing selection of like bakery items and like the coffees i've tried the matcha matcha is good the coffee's good and it's just like a very good like study like it's just like aesthetically pleasing as well which is nice um but yeah cafe cacao so if you're ever in monterey go there i plan on it haven't been yet okay. but i really 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 it's kind of right on the top of my list i want to you know see mm-hmm. the mountains see the mountains see the football yes. have a cup mm-hmm. of coffee or matcha are you, are you a matcha drinker matcha. yes I, I like matcha i prefer coffee but matcha is it's up there when i was i was just in sydney for the world cup last year and mm. i got really into drinking matcha out there um there were so many good matcha places i think because like mm. the asian the asian influence was really great right um so yeah i've been i've been kind of poking into the matcha the matcha a little bit myself have you made it yourself or just like bought it i have i've got a little whisk <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah i've got a little bamboo whisk and i get the dust yeah. like, the, the, the powder out yeah 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 Yeah. mix it with oh, uh, oat milk or whatever okay right. is it like pretty good hold on is it pretty good it, it's pretty good I'm not, gonna, to I'm not gonna lie it's pretty great okay you're gonna have to send me i'll the, send you my check, routine the, the picture yes send yeah. me send it to me. <laughs> All right, let's um we've broken the ice. Let's get to the football. Okay. Juana Plata, right now you are Rayada's defender, Juana Plata. I'm actually <gasps> a wing at the moment. A wing. Okay, let's start there. So Okay. Let's talk about your position. You you mentioned a little mm-hmm. bit that you started playing at 12. I I yes. kind of I I've I've had you down as a defender for our Salvador national team, which is mostly mm-hmm. where I've seen you play. Yes. Um but let's talk about um your your new role then with with Reales. you've just joined during the off season ahead of the clausura yeah um like a wing forward almost so we play in a 4-3-3 um so I'm like that left in the top three um and yeah I initially came in as a left wing and then not a left wing um left back and then we kind of noticed that we have a lot of outside backs and I'm pretty fat they notice I'm pretty fast I'm pretty technical and I was honestly a, like a wing my entire life up until college. So college is when I was converted to a left back because I was also fast. I was up and down the flank. Um, and then I guess now they just saw like I'm pretty, I'm good with my feet. Uh, I give good crosses. I'm left footed, which is pretty ideal for like 
along the left uh, side. And so, yeah, they were just like, we think we could use you here the most. And it's not really up to me. I just have to adapt. And honestly, I like it. I love the attacking side of the game. So, Well, it's interesting as well to maybe reconnect with a, you know, a version of yourself that you were focusing on at 18 all right you know you were saying mm -hmm. that that's how you came through you had a very distinguished high school career and obviously you know that was probably something you developed and then you obviously yeah. adapted your game and then now, now you're kind of going back to that is that mm -hmm. how has that been for you kind of do you, do you look inward or or do you is it more about maybe looking at other wingers that you're inspired by or listening to coaches um it's hmm. a tough question yeah I feel like there's a lot packed into that one. um I don't know. I feel like I do definitely look up to, so right now I'm not starting, which I'm okay with, like, you know, it's something that you definitely have to build up to. You have to um, earn your spot. Um, but I have got minutes so far, which is nice, but the starting left wing for us, she comes from Europe. She has a really distinguished um, career, um, especially in Europe. So I look up to her quite a bit. I watch film. I kind of study her movements, which has helped me, but also, um, I've always had that very like attacking mentality. So me coming back to this winger position, it feels like pretty natural. It doesn't feel like, like too out of the usual. Um, and then I'm also very familiar with being a defender because I was that for the last six to seven years, no, like six years. Um, so I think that they also like that as an attacker, I'm actually pretty good at defending and like steering, um, let's say the outside back would be going against certain ways um so yeah I feel like I'm definitely bringing like showing both sides of my game the defending and the attacking side which is good to have like a player that can do both and just going back to you joining the club you okay. join Reyadas at a really interesting time right Eva Espejo yeah. is um transitioning into a new mm -hmm. role has yes. overseen a very successful period uh, at the club you know winning a title a few years ago and always being in the semi-finals at least and obviously now you have Emilia Valverde, who has had a very successful career in the international uh, realm, but is transitioning into the club football, which is, you know, a, a transition itself, obviously a massive, massive club in Monterey to get that yeah. job. Kind of walk me through, tell me a, a bit about what it was like signing for this club while all of this is going on. Are you, are you talking to Eva? Are you talking to Emilia? Yeah. What's it, what's it been like arriving in this transition phase and how did they kind of sell the club to you and how did you get the buy-in? Well, so when I initially came, it was right after college and I had offers from um, different clubs in Mexico that weren't as big, but these were guaranteed offers. These were like, here's your contract, this is how much we're going to pay you, et cetera. And with Rayadas, I had kind of a connect through my agent and he was just like, hey, look, like they're interested, but like they're not convinced, like they want you to come on trial. And I was just like, okay, I can go with this. Well, honestly, my dad was like, no, go to this team. Like they're offering you something. Like it's in it was in Mexico city. Uh, I'm not going to say which one, but it was in Mexico city. And so he was just like, go to Mexico city. Like, it's like, you'll love it there. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like I care about location, but I care more about where I'm going to improve more as a soccer player. Um, so I was like, no, let's, let's do it. Let's go to the trial. And I was there for two weeks in December, like literally two days after graduation and right before Christmas, the 24th, everyone was flying back home and that's like the day they were going to decide. And I talked to Eva cause the other coach wasn't there until maybe a week after Christmas or, uh, I'm in, Amelia. And so I talked to Eva and she was like, we want you here. That's what she told me. She wanted me to be, to be a left wing. And I was just like, okay, okay, okay. 
so yeah, I signed and that was kind of it for that. And Amelia, she like I've talked to her about like on the field stuff, but not really on a more personal level, at least not yet, just because yeah, we only really see each other on the field, so it's hard to have like that um like next level connection. Um but yeah, I definitely talked to Eva a bit more just because she was there during my whole trial process and me signing. So going back to that leap, leap of faith, if you like taking that trial rather than taking the contract, obviously you've made the right decision. Now you're a part of the team, mm -hmm. you're signed, you know, you, you've made your debut at, at BBVA, but um, yeah. yeah, kind of take me back to that moment because were you, were you worried you'd made the wrong decision at any point or is it all about belief to, to, to young players who maybe find themselves in the same situation? What would be your advice, I guess? So it was a pretty long trial. It was a good two weeks. And in those two weeks, you're very, like, focused on every touch, every shot, every run, every play. And it's just very, like, because you're getting criticized. You know, I was the only one on trial. Everyone was already on the team. So it's just, like, I kind of had something to prove. Um, and at no moment was I, like, this was the wrong decision. I shouldn't have come here. At no moment at all. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to take this day by day. And if it's meant to be, it will be. If it's not, then that's fine. Um, but as long as I, like, gave it my best effort, then, like, I'm okay with that. And, um, yeah, I would say that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Back yourself. Give it your best effort. And and what about with, with the teammates? Like, you obviously want to get close to them, but you it could just be two weeks. So how do you kind of make create those relationships knowing that maybe you know tell me about what it was like with the teammates how you mm. how you made friends or how you because obviously you're also competing with everyone right everyone wants to be on yes. that on that squad list um honestly something that some of the new girls and i have spoke about was like how accepting the teammate or the team is like to new girls maybe some aren't like the most like open like oh my god hi like so nice to meet you but like everyone was very like sweet like if you talk to them they will speak back they will give you advice they will be like you should do this there's no it's not like a negative environment by any means so that's obviously something that I noticed during the trial um and especially like some of the big players like Berkey which is um a big forward here yeah, um, massive scorer, also American as well. Yes, exactly, from San Diego. And she, I think it was the first day, she kind of just, like, went up to me or, like, we kind of just turned, like, we're in each other's faces, like, oh, hey, like, nice to meet you. And then um, we've hung out quite a bit since. And it's just nice having people like that to kind of welcome you and be like, hey, like, you're doing good or, like, let's do this. Let's stay after training to take some shots and – it was just a very accepting environment. I really love that. Stepping up from the NCAA, um, you you played at Lamar and, and uh, Texas State. Maybe not the biggest schools people know in, in in the soccer circuit, but definitely up and coming schools. Especially, I think the things you accomplished while you were there shows those programs moving in the right direction. But Monterey is obviously, you know, such a professional environment. You've got Ava. Right. Uh, doing a sporting director role, which is an evolution of the club in general, bringing in a top international manager like Amelia. You've kind of got a lot of different parts. How has it been stepping up into that professional environment? And and what is it, what's it kind of been like to, again, be at a club that, in my mind, from the outside, is really trying to push itself forward as, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the region, right? Right. Um, hmm. I feel like 
it's just a very professional environment and you know everyone is held to a certain expectation so if you don't meet that expectation it's like you're kind of given the boot like you can't this is the club this club is not for you um but personally I feel like it's nice having that standard um where everything needs to be top level your your soccer needs to be up here you need to prioritize like your health and so many other things to make you to let you perform at that high level and I feel like here we are given so many resources from food to like accommodations to etc to like make us like there's no exceptions for us to not perform at the best level and it's so nice having like players that have been professional for like 10 plus years alongside me they've helped me so much um so far and I'm just like very eager to just like keep learning and keep um improving in soccer um to eventually become like um a very impactful player for the team but yeah so far the the level is super high and there's high expectations and I mean they beat teams in the um what is it the WPSL oh wait no NWSL NWSL the yes, national they, women's soccer. They beat uh, the North Carolina Courage, I think, in a friendly last year. Yes, that was the game. Uh-huh. Yes. yes, and so like they've proven that they can compete at what's known as like one of the highest levels in the world. So it's just it's really nice to be around. What has it been like getting to know? Like, how much did you know about Monterey before you came, and what have you maybe picked up from teammates or fans that you've met about you know what it means to play for Realas and. You know, you haven't played Tigres yet, but I'm sure you've already heard a lot yeah. about when that game is yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to, I didn't know too much about Rayadas. I just knew that they were a big club. I knew that, you know, they shared the same city with Tigres and that was like a big rivalry. But like I grew up like watching the men's side, so I kind of knew. Um, and I mean, I knew it was close to Texas, close to home, so you know, all these factors just kind of uh, played a part. But, yeah, I didn't know too much. But since being here, I feel like I've learned quite a bit about the city. I've learned quite a bit about the people, um, the culture here. Um, and I don't know. I know. What was the other, other question? Well, I was just going to say, like, have, have the teammates told you anything about what it means to play for Riadas or, like, their experience of the fans? Um. They haven't told me what it means to play for them, but it kind of just shows, like, mm. without having to say, you know, like on the field, it shows the way they behave. It shows um, in everything they do, like, it shows, like, hey, like, we do this for a higher purpose, you could say. We do this for the fans. Like, we do this because we have high expectations and the fans expect a lot from us. So. We'll have to catch up after you've played Tigres because I definitely <laughs> oh. want to hear. I want to hear more about that once the Clasico is as as you've tasted your first Clasico. Oh my gosh, I can't wait! I literally can't wait. Um, so for those that don't know, you mm-hmm. are an El Salvador international, right? Yes. And you got a big match coming up in about three and a half weeks, the prelims for Gold Cup. Um, how you feeling? Let's talk a little bit about that. Um. Okay. So something that has kind of been lingering the last few weeks is that cup I mean that game February 17th um, in Los Angeles is not Fecha FIFA which is not like a FIFA approved date yeah yeah it's just window window yes not a FIFA window Um, 
so right now it's going to be El Salvador versus Guatemala. And there's a girl who's actually the one I'm competing for a position against. She plays for Guatemala. And so far, I don't think the club is going to let her leave. Um, but since I'm kind of not in that starting row at the moment, they haven't spoken to me about whether they're going to let me leave. But So I'm not too sure if I'm going to even be able to play that match, which kind of sucks because this is a huge tournament. Like, this is it. Like, if we don't win this game, then we're done for the national team for the remainder of the year. So, like, I really want to play, and I hope, like, they let both of us go, but I'm not too sure what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at right now, which kind of sucks, but... Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm sure it's really frustrating because like you said, these are such huge games, important moments personally for your family, for the history of football. Yes. You know, obviously it's been 20 years since there was a women's gold cup. Do you think the blame for lack of a better word lies with FIFA, with CONCACAF? Like how do we change this moving forward? Because obviously I, I feel for Rayadas, you know, they're trying to win Liga Mekis. Like they've got, you know, right. they're trying to get on with it. And I know right. Marta Cox, who just signed for Tijuana, she was rumored to be looking at europe but then she was like if i go to europe i can't play the gold cup so i'll probably stay here i want to you know she obviously wants to go and play at the um panama already into the next round but you know yeah. it, it it's tricky right when you put these tournaments in when there's league uh club club football going on so what do you think the solution is in your opinion yeah. is it with yeah. fifa is it with Concacaf? how do we not get in a situation where you can't play a game you want to play that's tough because like I've probably thought about this question a hundred times and I I honestly don't know who to blame and maybe that's my lack of like knowledge on who like who regulates this, who puts these FIFA um, dates together exactly, but I would say probably FIFA. Um, but yeah, I have no idea like how we can change this going forward, but I would definitely like to have some change going forward just because it does uh, – interfere with you know important matches exposure like opportunities can that can like affect my career um in the future so yeah i'm not too sure who to blame but there definitely has to be change going forward and el salvador had a phenomenal road to the gold cup banging in goals left right and center um you were the first team to clinch a spot at the prelims so how has the development of the El Salvador national team been been for you both personally and what have you seen from kind of the group and, and the program? So it wasn't until the coach, Eric Acuna, our current like head coach, it wasn't until he got to the, like the national team in about, at about 2021 where we really started to see change. Um, so I wasn't even part of the team at that time. Yeah. No, I joined 2021. Yeah, 2021. And he was there probably like maybe a year before, a few months before. And he just went off on like recruiting. He did so much on, you know, bringing in girls from the States, which wasn't really a thing before. And it wasn't even a national team before. It was kind of just like, like it was an organization almost, but like they wouldn't really compete. They were never taken like seriously, like, I don't even think they had like a team team. Um, and then when he came in, he kind of just changed the program completely. So right now he has taken over four girls teams. So I think 15s, the 17s, the 20s, and 
the first team. So he has four teams that he is in charge of 24-7. Like, I'm in the group chat. Like, he's training the girls three times a day with on two different sessions, one for the younger, one for the older. And, like, so he's doing six sessions a day, like, just nonstop. And this man is, like, a workaholic. But he cares so much about the program. He wants us to, like, do so well, especially going into this World Cup or Gold Cup. And, um, like, the, the the results kind of speak for itself. I think each team he has taken on has won some medal or some kind of accomplishment. And for that to happen in the span of, like, two to three years is unreal. And so I feel like he's a major part of the reason, like, why we're performing so well. And he just pushes us to, like, crazy levels in training. So it is kind of just like impossible not to see the results. It's infectious. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Again, for anyone listening that doesn't know six wins out of six a nine, one win over Martinique, five, nil wins at home uh, against Honduras and then wins away as well. Um, it's been, yeah, so excited to see the development. I feel like, you know, obviously you've got some other El Salvadorian internationals in, in, in Liga Mekis, right? I saw you saw Daniela uh, Fuentes um, after the game the other day. Daniel Fuentes and Karen Reyes, they pay for Necaxa. Um, there's also Seren, Brenda Seren, she plays for Atlas. We haven't played them yet. Um, so I think it's just us four in the Liga MX. And then we have a few other girls playing in different countries, uh, pro. But before, um, before, like, none of us played pro. I mean, we we're all kind of in college. And now, like, you're just seeing more and more national team players, like, or from El Salvador playing at this pro level at this high level, which only makes the national team better. And like recently we just got a girl from the Chicago red stars. Yes. Fisher, Samantha Fisher. Yes. Sam Fisher. Yes. So she'll be coming in and I'm excited to play with her and see like how we combine and stuff. Cause I, I've heard she's very good. So uh, it's always nice having a really good midfielder. Like I want to win in February. So hopefully we, we accomplish that. And tell me more about maybe how you elected to play for El Salvador. Because I know you're obviously American, you're you're Mexican, and you're El Salvadorian. Yes. So how did how yeah how did you get how did Eric recruit you and and kind of tell me through that story? Um. So there's a like a kind of coach that I worked with, like kind of like strength and conditioning in Houston. And he was just like, "Hey, I'm not El Salvador." I was still in college at the time. Like I think I was a junior. And he was like, hey, the El Salvador national team coach is recruiting players. Like, send me your film. I already had film ready just for, um, just for like, I guess, recruiting purposes, like, just in case anything ever would happen. So I already had it ready. So I just sent it over. I didn't really expect too much out of it. And he was just like, okay, perfect. He wants you to go for a trial. I went to the trial. I did, I did well. And he was like, okay, you're on the team. And that's kind of how that worked. Um, and then I never really considered like U.S. just because it's so competitive. Um, same for Mexico. I didn't really know how to get in. And then when El Salvador, like a coach of mine reached out to me, I was just like, okay, I guess this is like the easiest option. Um, and at the same time, like I kind of have my spot secured with the national team. Like I don't have to worry about maybe I won't make this camp. Maybe I will make this camp. Like, um, like I know I'm going to be part of something new and kind of like be the first to like it's a lot of first with the national team because we're the first team to win a medal we're the first team to 
like be a winning team. So it's just, it's really nice seeing that. And maybe we don't earn as much as like other national teams, but I feel like with the results and the more, um, the more like accomplishments we bring in, I feel like that can change over time. Yeah. I mean, you're a history maker, a trailblazer, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Uh I know it's, you know, I know you're modest. I know I'm sure it may be in 10, 20 years, it'll, you'll look back and you'll think about it more, but you set the standard. You, like you said, you kind of were the first in the door to create what the El Salvador nat women's national team is. And, and, you know, it would just be amazing if you did win that game. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully you can play that game. Hopefully you can win that game. And if you right. made the gold cup, um, I think that would be a really special moment because obviously you would end up back in Houston, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I didn't even know until like a few days ago. Um, I mean, because I wasn't really thinking about like the the games following. Like, I knew who we were, who we would play if we um, if we won the game against Guatemala, but I wasn't like super hyper focused on that because it's just I like to take one game at a time. One, one game, game at a time. time, exactly. Like, I'm gonna study my rival, my rivals um, in the um, in the Guatemala game, and if we win that, perfect. Now I can like move on to the next one, but. Yeah, when I found out it was in Houston, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing because like my entire family lives there. So I'm so excited. Let's talk about that. I want to hear more about your family. Um, what what was it? What's your family like? Um, what was it like when you told them you're going to play for El Salvador and, and kind of what was it like growing up in Houston? Um, So I have a... Okay, so I guess we could start with like... Yeah, I, no, sorry. That was like three <laughs> questions in one. I don't know where to start. <laughs> okay, so when I went to Salvador they were just like oh like you know try your best like we're supporting you and I have a lot of family in El Salvador as well so like while I was in El Salvador they were just like if you need anything let us know um so it, it was just like a very like my family's just super supportive of like all I do so like I know they'll just always have my back no matter what and um yeah so when I made the team they were all super proud like my grandma, I don't think she's ever watched soccer before. Like I started playing, so like now she's just like, "Oh, V Juanita in the tele." Like I saw her on TV, and like she always watches the games. I'm pretty sure she doesn't know a lot of what's going on, but she she's, sees she's me. now got she's now got a last selector tattoo. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So it's just nice having that support from like my family, um, and the same thing on my dad's side, like they're all Mexican. So like they grew up watching like um, Liga Mekis. And so for them to see me like play for top team, they're just like, Oh my God, we're so proud. And it's just really nice. Like being able to, um, I guess, represent like that Mexican side as well. Um, and actually like living, living in Mexico is like pretty nice for me, especially in Monterrey, which is like considered a really nice city. So I don't know. I just feel like, everything's kind of lined up and I don't know it's all nice right yeah. now you're in the right place you've got your connection to your El Salvadorian side your connection to your Mexican side mm -hmm. um what's it have you talking to your dad like about being in Mexico have you felt like have you been kind of feeling that connection with with your past or talking to other family members about it like what they were like growing up in Mexico my my parents uh, I'm from England, but my parents lived in New York and in New York City in the 80s. Oh, and I've always kind of had this fascination with what their life was like when they were English right, people yeah. in America. And like, I've, I've visited the the apartment they lived in and like taken photos outside. And kind of, I'm always in my head about you know where where what our parents did, right? right. So, are you kind of having a little bit that that now being in Mexico? Um, a bit, you could say. 
um so maybe it's not the same like, city yeah so my dad's from like down south it's more of a like a rancho which is like a little like a little like a little town um which like didn't have much money um more so like farming and agriculture and whatnot and like Monterrey's like big city so it's yeah, kind of yeah, different it's very it's very developed yeah yeah I would say it's a lot more similar to like you could say the U.S. than it is like the part where he was from so it is pretty different but at the same time like just being in Mexico I know he's like he actually just visited me um a few days ago and I know he was just like very like happy to see me here and like like we just walked around to like the grocery store he like bought me a few things I needed for the apartment and so I guess in like little ways like it was really nice but uh I don't know if it's common in like other cultures but definitely like Mexican culture like fathers aren't very like vocal about like their feelings um so he was like that so I know he he's never told me like oh, I'm so proud of you like no not at all but I know he like feels it like I can tell um you kind of see it in, in his eyes or yes I see it in his eyes or like when he sees me play or like his way of like kind of bonding with me is like through soccer um but yeah not very um not very a verbal person but he's definitely he shows it in a different way so my english father isn't that different he okay. he opens up he's got better over the years i think um it's funny you know i feel like once i don't know if you have any siblings yes I but do. um okay if, if they have grandchildren keep an eye on what your dad is like with the grandkids because i often feel like my dad since my brother had kids he's like he's a very emo he can be a very like emotional granddad no 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 i've definitely seen that um not in my family because i mean i'm the oldest and all my siblings are very young but like amongst like friends and like other like mexican um people that i know i know that it's the same thing like the grandkids are just like spoiled like showing so much affection like where was this when i was growing up or like this is different it's just very different um love that thank you so much for sharing that was very sweet and um i love that you got to have that moment with your dad and i'm sure for a lot of your family you know playing in Liga Mekis playing for Realis is a big deal and obviously you got the El Salvador national team as well which the ES is such a powerful such a powerful shirt mm-hmm. um what just quickly though you know like i said the the gold cup will be in Houston you know whether it's the gold cup or maybe the NWSL what would it mean to to kind of play in play in Houston or maybe Realis would go to good play in Houston oh i would love that um i would love for Realis to go to Houston but i would honestly like El Salvador to go to Houston a little more just because um I don't know I think national team is just a little different um because just I feel like just because you represent an entire country you know um but I don't know I feel like I'm really excited that's kind of like another incentive to win that game in LA so we can go play in Houston and guarantee three matches against three tough opponents so I'm like stoked. I hope we win. I hope um, we win in Houston as well. And it'll just be so nice having like my family there. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. It'll be, miss, it'll be miss, nice. Do you, do you miss Houston as well? Um, a bit, a bit. I mean, I miss my family all the time, but like I know right now, I think the most important thing is for me to be present um and where I'm at currently and to enjoy this because I feel like it's so easy to miss 
a, like a past life or where you used to live but I'm really big on like just being in the moment being where you're at currently and kind of just taking in everything that's going on right now and I feel like if you reminisce too much about the past then it takes away from like the current the present that's really smart. That's really wise. And I, I, I totally feel you. I, I feel that way about the way you spoke about El Salvador is in 10, 20 years, I think you'll feel it more, but it's almost like mm -hmm. just live it, experience it now. And then you can do that later. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, did you pick that up from anyone or is that like a, a Juana Plata um, lesson that you learned by yourself? Um, so I read a lot of like self growth books, to be honest. And okay, I was going to say, this is some good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. So I don't know why, like in high school, I would not read like fiction or anything. I would read like the alchemist or alchemist. Um, I, would, I think I read a book by like Oprah, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Um, sorry, I'm like sick as well. So I'm like muffled right now. Um, currently reading The Defining Decade. It's just like why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them now. So I just read a lot of like self-growth books. So I feel like that's helped me a lot personally. Um, and just cause I think growing up, I was very anxious, very like worried about what's going to happen, worried about like what might people think or, you know, just different things that didn't benefit me by like at all. So yeah, that's when I got into the self growth books. And I feel like that's definitely helped me stay grounded, stay very present, stay, if it's not benefiting me, then why does it matter? You know? So. Love that. Well, thank you so much for all your time today, Juana. Of course, it's been so course. great to get to know you better. And Before I let you go, um, this is something I like to do when I interview people okay. is just take a moment. Um, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for 10 seconds and we're both going to take a moment and I'm going to ask you to think about football, soccer and take 10 seconds and just go somewhere. And then I'll ask you to open your eyes and you'll just tell me where you went. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Close your eyes. All right. And you're back. Where did you go? I think I went to the training fields, like Rayada's training fields, just because I'll be there later on. And um, like that's where I'm at right now. And that's where... I'm going to be putting in work for the next year and a half. So that's where I went. Juana Pot Plata, living in the now. I love it. Um, thank you so much again for your generous time and putting course, this together. I know, you, I know you're so busy and there's like a game every day in Liga Mackey. So, right. So um, it's okay. crazy. Amazing, amazing league. And can't wait to watch more of you and hopefully maybe even see you in Houston with El Salvador. But you know what? One game at a time. Let's not worry about it right now. Oh. Um, please, please enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thank you.